0: Baptist Church.
1: When I was a teenager, I struggled with depression. I knew God, but I had fallen victim to the lies of the enemy, that I wasn't good enough, that because I had failed in areas of my life, I would never be what I was supposed to be, um, that life wasn't worth living. I remember crying at my grandfather's funeral, but it was no longer because I was sad for losing him. I was so depressed and thinking that I, I wasn't going to have joy in life again. When I was at the end of my rope, the Lord reached out to restore me. Through the prayers of loved ones, Christian counseling, reading his word daily, little by little the lies of the enemy were exposed and replaced by the truth, and my joy returned. The truth is that my life is of value, enough that my Savior died for me. And though I may fall seven times, he will give me strength to rise again. My God has set a purpose for me, and he set me free to serve him with joy, no matter what my circumstances are. My name is Jonathan Hine, and I am free. (laughs) To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free... You will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. The word of the Lord.
0: It is so good to be back. So good to be back. This is a, this is a huge week. Um... Because tonight, the Cowboys play the Giants. So that's, I mean, that's a a big deal for me anyway. Um, And Wednesday is going to be like the entertainment event of the year, I think, with the presidential debate, right? Have you been following the Donald? He is... um, He's something, <laughs> and I, over the last couple of days, I have watched um, I've watched several YouTube's of of clips of him, and and um, yeah, I he's something. Well, the, but he said something to Jimmy Fallon, um, which if you if you haven't seen Jimmy Fallon's um, mirror interview of of Trump, it's hysterical. Um, but he said something to Jimmy Fallon in the the interview on the show. He he said um, all the other presidential candidates are the same person, and it it reminded me of of a quote that I, I read on the um, I'm going to try something new this morning. We're gonna we're gonna do iPad, okay. Um, it's the whole new Keith. <laughs> there was this great line during the during the 2000 presidential um, campaign where Joe Lieberman was uh, the Democratic vice presidential candidate, and somebody said that Lieberman's views were really no different than George W. Bush's views. To which. Um, to which Lieberman said, that's like saying there's no difference between a taxidermist and a veterinarian. In both cases, you get your dog back. (laughs) You see, often in politics, there's a disconnect between the rhetoric and reality. And the same thing I think is often true in the Christian life, that there's this... This disconnect between um, what we say has happened in our life, what we say we believe, and the reality of what we experience. So in this series, we're going to be talking a lot about, um, well, we're going to talk about this place in our Christian life that probably has more disconnect than any other place, and that's the area of freedom. We say because the scriptures say that Christ has set us free. But many of us don't really live free because a lot of what we call freedom is not freedom at all. It's kind of like the difference between a taxidermist and a veterinarian. While in both cases you get your dog back, one collects dust in the corner and the other one just jumps and plays and is full of life in general. You see, we need to get to the place of the latter and stop living in the place of the former. When Jesus used the word free, he used a word that means liberation from bondage. You see, the Greek word for free means free. Free. <laughs> Freedom, simply put, is liberation from bondage. So shouldn't it be that simple? Why can't we just live in freedom? Because if Jesus said, the truth will set you free, why can't we live in the reality of that? Last week, if you weren't here, we had a, a very short worship service. And, um, and then we, we sent everybody out. To, to give out free stuff. We handed out free water. We handed out free cookies. We handed out, um, I don't know, free granola bars. We had a prayer team on the corner of 61st and 2nd who, was, who were giving out free prayer. Um, we, and we were handing out these free booklets And if you haven't gotten one of these You ought to get one and, and just peruse it And maybe give it to, to a friend um, But one, one other thing that we did Is we had a big whiteboard In all of the, the locations Where we asked people to take these strips of paper That have a phrase on it And fill in the blank And the phrase Um, on most of the the strips of paper was free means or free is. And so I want to just read some of the responses. Here were some of the ones that were on our board. Um, Free means free to be. Free is hope. Love is free. Free can be scary. Scary. Freedom is not free. Nothing is free. Free the horses. (laughs) I didn't know they were captive. Free the horses, okay? Free means ice cream. I love free candy. Um, education is not free. <laughs> Health care should be free. There were, there were a number of, of kind of varied responses, but then there was a, a group of responses that all basically said the same thing: Free is unhindered action motivated by pure enjoyment. Free is without restriction. Free means I get whatever I want. No limits is free. Free is when you can do what you want. Free is to do what you want. Free can be doing whatever you want in life. Free means to do whatever you want. Free is doing what I want. Free can be doing what you want without harming others. Well, I like that caveat. <laughs> doing what you want is free. Free means the ability to do what I want. Oh, not that one yet. That's our cultural mindset. That's where our, our culture... Um, that reflects who we are. Certainly it reflects the thinking of Disney. If you are the parent of a, a 5 to 10-year-old little girl, you are familiar with the movie Frozen. Um, you've probably seen it a hundred times. And there's a, one of the main characters in Frozen is um, Elsa, uh, voiced by Adina Menzel. And she sings this song, Let It Go. You know this song, yes. So there's this stanza in the song, and this is this is. Never mind. Um, we're going from the Donald to Disney. Okay. It's time to see what I can do, to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. No right no wrong no rules for me I got a breakthrough to be free that's the baseline cultural narrative but is that true our culture says that freedom is to do whatever I want but is that true I want us to look at the the text that Jonathan read uh, for us from uh, John chapter 8. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there or you can take the one in the pew or you can look it up on your device. Um, There's some interesting things that we can learn about freedom from this text. Verse 31 To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? Now, the first thing we need to understand about freedom is that freedom is very complex. In verse 33, these Jewish leaders who are questioning Jesus say, we've never been slaves of anyone. Excuse me? The Jews had been slaves of a lot of people. They were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves to the Babylonians. They had been somewhat enslaved by the Persians, though toward the end of the Persian uh, rule of them they had limited freedom and and even in this context with Rome maybe they weren't physically in bondage but they certainly weren't politically free and so when these leaders say we've never been slaves of anyone we're abraham's descendants what are they talking about well i read a lot of commentators on this and and nobody had a, a Real definitive answer where I went, Oh, that's it. But but all of them kind of talked about the idea that that they were talking about their cultural identity. That that while they may have looked like they were in bondage, there was there was this cultural identity because we are Abraham's children, we know who we are. Thus we are free. And we have this cultural identity. We have this cultural mindset that would say that freedom is the absence of constraint. It's the absence of restraint. Having no restraint so that I can do what I want to do, that there's no limits. That's what we think freedom is. But the truth is, that's an unworkable definition. Because freedom isn't like that at all. Freedom is extraordinarily complex. Now, it's always a little unsettling for me to contradict the wise people at Disney. Um, But the idea from Frozen just isn't true. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. No, you're not. That is a fantasy, which, by the way, is why it's, Disney, the idea of freedom that says, my will be done, I'm not constrained, I do what I want to do, simply doesn't fit with the reality of the world. Freedom's a whole lot more complex than that. Think about it like this. You are free to eat whatever you want to eat. You can't. That's, that's true. You can eat whatever you want to eat. Um, you can eat all the beef you want, all the fried food you want, all the dessert you want. You can eat whatever you want to eat. But then one day you go to the doctor for your annual checkup and the doc says, dude, your cholesterol is off the charts and your blood pressure is going through the ceiling." If you keep eating the way that you're eating, if you don't change your diet, you're going to die. Now, has the doctor infringed upon your freedom? No. You're still free to eat whatever you want to eat. But now you have some choices to make, right? You have to choose, am I going to live in the freedom of eating what I want to eat and possibly die a young death from a coronary? Or am I going to choose to live in the freedom of living longer and healthier? So you, you can do either one, but you can't do both. You can't do whatever you want to do. Um, one of the problems with the idea of no limitations, no constraints, of doing what you want to do, is that you have these desires that contradict, and and often they're not bad desires, um, but you have to choose. If I want to eat a lot of beef and a lot of um, fatty foods, but I also want to live long, I can't do both, and so I have to choose. So the question becomes which of my desires is truly a liberating desire? And what restraints or constraints will I put on my life so that I can live in that liberation? See, that's where freedom is. Do I want the freedom of health or do I want the freedom of dessert? That's your choice. See, freedom is not a singular thing. We can't really talk about freedom singular. We have to talk about freedoms, plural. And real freedom comes from being strategic and giving up some freedoms in order to gain other freedoms. That's how freedom really works. We choose to restrain some things in order to gain some other things. And we have to do this in every arena of life. Um, if, you want to, if you want to advance in your career... If you want to get, you know, do really well there, you have to restrain yourself from other things. You can't cut out early every day and go to the golf course or go to the beach. That's not going to, you're not going to advance in your career if you do that. Um, Professional musicians or professional athletes, all through their life, in order to pursue that desire of, of being excellent in that field, they have had to restrain themselves or constrain themselves from other things growing up so that, they could, so that they could practice the instrument or they could fine-tune their body. You see, in order to achieve the, the, the freedom of excelling in one thing, You have to constrain yourself, restrain yourself from other things. Now, in this series, we're going to talk about um, different choices we have to make in order to live free. Next week, we're going to look at um, the choice between counterfeit versus real, and then pride versus humility, and then bitter versus better, and so on. Um, All of those choices... Uh, all of those are choices, and all of those choices impact our relationships. And Jesus said, when you boil everything down, when you boil it all down, it all comes down to relationships, loving God and loving others. It's what it all comes down to. And over the course of the summer, you guys have, have been looking at different aspects Of relationships, different things about them. And in this series, we're going to be talking about the choices that we can make in the context of relationships. Because it's all about loving God and loving others. So let's talk about freedom, the freedom of being in a loving relationship for a moment. However, you define freedom, there's nothing like being in a loving relationship. There's nothing more freeing, nothing more liberating, nothing that makes you feel more alive and free than being in loving relationships but the minute you get into a love relationship and i'm not talking about a romantic one i'm talking about more than that i'm talking about a a truly committed loving relationship the minute you get into one of those the more intimate it gets and the more wonderful it gets the more you have to give up your independence right When you get into a loving relationship, you can't just decide that you're going to leave town for the weekend. You have to check with the other person. Right there, you've given up some independence. Um, And if you don't check, hey, honey, I'm I'm leaving town next weekend. Well, wait a minute, that doesn't really work for me because I was counting on you to help me with this thing. Yeah, but no rules, no right, no wrong, no rules for me, you know. (laughs) I got to be free. You know, I want to be in this relationship, but I got to be free to leave town whenever I want. What's the next line going to be? I think we're breaking up, right? You see, to know the freedom of love... You have to be willing to sacrifice some other freedoms, not just the freedom to leave on a weekend, but all kinds of other things. When you're willing to do that, that's where you find the freedom of love. The bottom line to all this is that freedom is a very complex thing. It's not a simple absolute that says, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. It simply doesn't work that way. Freedom always consists of choices. So let's talk about bondage for a few minutes. Remember what Jesus said? They said to him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus, in essence, says, I'm not talking about political freedom. I'm not talking about the kind of cultural freedom that you're talking about. Um, He says, you can have that kind of freedom but still be a slave to sin, which is the ultimate slavery. In verse 34, he says, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. What does that mean? Well, think about it. If there is a God, which I think, most of us, if not all of us, would, would believe that there is, then there is a metaphysical, a, a spiritual reality just as there is a physical reality. And just as the physical reality has, has things built in that dictate that you can't do whatever you want to do, you can't eat whatever you want and live a healthy life. Just as there are physical realities that dictate to us, there are also um, metaphysical and spiritual realities that, that dictate to us. See, God has created us, designed us in a certain way, not just physically but metaphysically to operate most effectively. And there are moral directives that can help us to experience the fullness of life. And if you want to get the most out of your physical body, exercise, diet, etc., the same is true in, in the metaphysical, in the spiritual. There are some directives that can help us get, us, get the most out of how God has designed us. And God has given us those directives in the scriptures. Don't lie, don't be selfish, uh, be generous, be a forgiver. Those are things that fit our design, and to go against those things is to go against our, our design, to violate our design, and to lose freedom. Just like a person who eats the wrong foods ends up in a hospital. So when the Bible says, for instance, don't bear a grudge, it says that because we are made in the image of God. And God is a forgiver. And so because God is a forgiver and we're made in the image of God, he says don't bear a grudge. You need to be forgiving. But if we do, if we go against that directive, if we do bear a grudge, which, by the way, you are free to do, what's the end result? Disintegration. If you hold on to a grudge with somebody, if you hold on to anger against somebody, you, your blood pressure goes up, Um, You live in a constant state of stress. You become this bitter person. And by the way, when you become a bitter person, it bleeds over into other relationships. So when you hold on to a grudge with somebody else, it impacts you. It impacts other relationships. It is disintegration. Why? Because you've gone against your design. When you disobey a moral directive from God, you are going against the design and you are enslaving yourself. That's what Jesus is talking about. When you say, no right, no wrong, no rules for me, if there is a God and there are moral directives, when you go against those directives, you are enslaved. But then Jesus goes on, and and this is interesting. He says in verse 35, now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I love that. How many of you are Downton Abbey fans? Come on, you can admit it. Okay, I was a fan for a while, but I kind of got bored with it. So anyway, um, so anyway, Downton Abbey, everybody lives in the same house right? You got servants downstairs and family upstairs, but everybody's under the same roof, and everybody's under the, the rule of Lord Grantham, Robert Crawley. Um, I wish I could do a British accent. But there's a difference between those who are upstairs and those who are downstairs. Because if you're a servant, no matter how good a relationship you have with Lord Grantham. You only have a place in the house as long as you're doing your job. But when you stop doing your job, you're done. You're out of the house. That's what Jesus is talking about. That a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son is different. I can tell you this as a parent, that my children are my children, and no matter whether or not they mess up, they're still gonna be my kids. I'm not gonna fire them. You're fired. Um, I keep coming back to the Donald. Um, There's a difference between being a slave in the house and being a child in the house. And, and I'll tell you something that's weird is that as a parent, often if one of your kids is kind of going astray or having problems, you don't, you don't cast that kid out. Your heart is more engaged with that kid. So that's what a parent does. Jesus is saying You are a slave as long as God is a boss to you. But I can make God into a father. I wonder how many of us are not living free because God is a boss. Some of us are very religious, and we say, I'm going to obey the Ten Commandments, I'm going to do good, and I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to do all these things. And then God has to answer my prayer. God has to give me a better life because I'm doing all these things. You see what the attitude is? You're a servant. You might be very religious, but God is like a boss. Why are you doing these things? Because you want to get into heaven or because you want God to bless you or do certain things for you and you don't want to get fired by God when you mess up. That's slavish. You're obeying the rules out of fear, not out of love. You're not living free. And you're constantly in fear that you're never living a good enough life and that God is going to cut you loose. See, you're a slave. Even if you believe everything in the Bible, you are a slave because God is a boss and not a father. Or maybe you're like Elsa and you say there's no moral directives, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm going to choose what's right and wrong for me. I'm going to choose what I'm going to live for. And by the way, we all live for something right? We all live for something. And whatever that something is, that is your master. You might not call it worship, but that's what it is. Whatever the main thing is that gives you significance, the main thing that gives you security and hope, whatever that is, if anything goes wrong with that thing, you're going to melt down. If anything gets in the way of that thing, you're gonna be furious. If you fail in some way against that thing, you're gonna beat yourself up. If you're living for money and stuff, if that's where you get meaning in life, you'll never have enough. If you're living for beauty and body image, you're always gonna feel ugly. See the problem? If you don't live for God, you're gonna live for something else as a God and whatever that God is, it will be your master. You won't be free. But Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm the only Lord and master that if you follow me, I will fulfill you and if you fail me, I'll forgive you. friends, your career can't die for your sins. Your beauty salon can't die for your sins. Your bank account and your home in the Hamptons can't die for your sins. There is nothing else we tend to worship that can die for our failure. Thus, there is nothing other than Jesus and his way that can truly set us free. You may have heard the story about Abraham Lincoln. Going to a slave market where he, he saw uh, saw a young uh, beautiful african American woman being auctioned off to the highest bidder so he he bid on her and won her and when he did he he saw anger in her eyes and he could only imagine that she was thinking, "Oh great, another white man to 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 buy me and use me and abuse me and discard me." So as Lincoln took her from the auction, he turned to the woman and he said, you're free. She said, yeah, but what does that mean? He said, it, it means that you're free. Does that mean I can do, that I can say whatever I want to say? Yeah. It means you can say whatever you want to say. Does that mean that I can, I can be whatever I want to be? Yes. You can be whatever you want to be. Does that mean that I can go wherever I want to go? Yes. You're free and you can go wherever you want to go. And then with tears in her eyes, this woman looked at Lincoln and said, then I choose to go with you. There were two people, I don't know who they were, but two people who filled out these strips of paper who said this, free means having choices. Free means making your own choices. They got it right. See, the bottom line to all of this is that we are free to the extent that we are free to choose who we will go with. We are free to choose what or whom we will live for. Because freedom is not an absolute no right, no wrong, no rules for me. That doesn't work. We will all choose to worship something. We will all choose to to live for something. There's no such thing as not worshiping. The freedom we have is the choice of who or what we will worship. And at the end of the day, the only object of worship that enables real freedom is the God of the universe who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we might enter into a son-daughter relationship with him and thus experience real freedom. You see, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let me pray for us. Lord, I confess that more often than I'd like to admit, I choose bondage because I make choices that are not in alignment with worshiping my Father, worshiping my Savior. Lord, I pray that um, for me individually and for us as a congregation that over these next weeks as we wrestle through these choices that we, that we get to make because we're free to make them. I pray, Lord, that we will, we will find ourselves on the life-giving side, that we won't stuff the dog, but that we will run and jump and just enjoy the life that you've given us. Lord, show us those places where we are making enslaving choices. And by your Spirit, empower us to choose otherwise. For your name's sake, we pray. Amen.